Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong back again with you on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm so happy to be here on Talk Zone. My show is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. I come to you on live on Thursdays from 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time till 2 and talk about things. Um, I've got the peanut gallery behind me. Yep, there they are. They're, they're making their presence known. All right, okay, you can you can settle down now. You can settle down. At any rate, my uh, program, I talk about dumb news. I talk about things in the news, and I talk about things that are on my mind, but you'll never hear any fake news on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm here to have fun. I want to make you aware of certain things and uh, make you laugh, maybe. I always start my show with some of my dumb criminal law stories, these stories I've been collecting for several years. If you'd like, you can find them on my blog. That's www.birdsongslaw, one word, birdsongslaw.com. If you go to that website, you'll see some of my funny stories. And if you keep listening to this program, you'll hear me read some stories. I'm going to read some right now. I've been working on some stories, and several of them come from Pennsylvania. And... uh First one, liar, liar, panties on fire, said the headline. A former state beauty queen who faked having leukemia to benefit from fundraisers has been sentenced to two to four years in prison. A judge in Belfont, Pennsylvania, sentenced Brandy Weaver, 24, after she pleaded guilty to uh, the crime. Investigators believe that she conned at least 165 people into donating $30,000 to her fraudulent scheme for her to be treated for leukemia. Pennsylvania again. This headline read, Gals Bra a 3G Cup. The story. A supervisor at Sands Casino Resort in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, tried to steal $3,000 worth of chips from a craps table by hiding them in her bra. Brandy Cheatham, 44, admitted to hiding $500 chips in her bra while in a casino elevator. She could not be reached for further comment for this report, and we do not know if she was arrested, but I think she probably was. This one from Philly. Headline, Dumpster Diving Ban in Philly? Philadelphia is urging residents not to swim in trash dumpsters. They do not want you to swim in trash dumpsters after a rented bin was filled with fire hydrant water and turned into a swimming pool. After a wild summer weekend block party, the Department of Licenses and Inspections in Philadelphia said it will no longer issue permits for dumpster pools. Why? Well, they cited numerous health risks, and uh, agency representatives said, you would think this decision would not require an explanation. Don't swim in trash dumpster swimming pools. It's horrible. Another one from Pennsylvania. 
Headline, this behavior may have been more appropriate for the wedding night. The co-owner of One Enchanted Evening, a bridal shop in the town of Zelenopol, allegedly stripped and stood naked in the display window. Police reported that Peter Scaleri, 54, smelled of alcohol when he was arrested for lewdness. <laughs> what do you think about that, Peanut Gallery? All right, we'll, okay, all right, we get it. We get it. All right, Pennsylvania again. Patience is always best, says the headline. A man who stole an ambulance because paramedics weren't working fast enough landed in jail for his impatience. David Carosis, 56, got tired of medics treating his leg, so he jumped into their ambulance and took off. He was soon caught and later was sentenced to a term of 15 to 30 months in prison for grand theft auto and driving with a suspended license. All right, we're finished with Pennsylvania. I've got stories from a couple of other places that I want you to hear. This one from Rhode Island. The headline, Will We Ever Learn Why These Women Were Taking Showers at His Home? A doctor in Rhode Island has been sentenced to prison for hiding a camera in a bathroom in his home and recording a woman and a 16-year-old girl getting in and out of the shower. William Thompson was sentenced under a plea agreement to 18 months behind bars. The anesthesiologist pleaded guilty to two counts of video voyeurism. He was charged in 2015, but uh, only sent to prison recently, or sent to jail. And this was after police found that hidden camera in his East Greenwich home. Now, to this story, I want to know, will we ever learn why these women were taking showers at his home? Inquiring minds would like to know. All right, okay, peanut gallery, I get it. Okay, here's a story from Pennsylvania. Nope, not Pennsylvania. This is Tennessee this time. Headline, what a weird little event. What a weird little event. James and Isabel Lassiter were at the Wasabi Japanese Steakhouse in Murfreesboro, that's in Tennessee, I've been through there, when a tableside chef took out a doll that sprays water when its pants are pulled down. He did that, and the water hit Isabel in the face while the chef was aiming at the stove cooktop. The husband, James, labeled this a sexual assault on my wife, and they called the police. Police came, but no one was arrested. The police officer noted that in his report, I have observed the toy to have no penis and just a hole. Managers have agreed that chefs will now ask patrons before they whip it out. <laughs> you like that peanut back gallery? Yeah, before they whip it out. All right. All right, I don't know. Do I have more I want to tell you today? There are a couple of more stories. They're not that funny, but they are weird. This last story I'll give you is from Virginia. A mayor was busted for a sex sting in Virginia. A Virginia mayor was facing drug charges recently after his arrest in a meth for sex sting. 
The three-term Fairfax, Virginia mayor, R. Scott Silverthrone, was arrested after meeting at a hotel with undercover detectives he connected with through a website used to arrange casual sexual encounters. Police reveal that they had an idea that they were pursuing the mayor from the beginning of the investigation based on a tip that Silverthorne, 50, was involved with a website where he was exchanging meth, that is crystal meth, for sex. The undercover detectives agreed to meet the group sexual encounter and change for the meth. They were all men. The mayor was arrested, and now he's out of the job. Well, that is some of the weird news or dumb news stories I have for this week. You know, I I wanted to talk today about a number of things. One of them was the death penalty. I don't like the death penalty. I've written about the death penalty. I've written several articles, academic articles about the death penalty, and I wanted to have a guest on today who had actually done death penalty litigation. Now, I had tried as a prosecutor and defense attorney lots of murder trials. However, in the jurisdiction that I spent most of my time, Washington, D.C., they did not have the death penalty. So I never had a death penalty case, but I do write about it. And I have gone down to the Caribbean in the last few years when they had hangings down there to talk with officials about why they're still using hanging. And uh, you can find my articles online. I won't go into it too deeply. But let's just talk a little bit about the death penalty. I'm sorry I couldn't get my guest on, but uh, you, you should know that capital punishment, at least the death penalty, is controversial in the United States. You probably don't know there are currently 128 countries that do not impose the death penalty. There is There are 69 countries continue to use the death penalty for a variety of crimes, including murder, adultery, corruption, rape, and robbery. Another 10 that, uh, although abolition has helped stamp out the death penalty, they still will put people to death for murder. The vast majority of countries in Europe have abolished the death penalty, while the United States and countries in the Middle East and Asia retain it. Most of the executions in the world occur in China, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United States. Let me give you that list again. Most of the executions in the world occur in China, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United States. I don't like that the United States is on that list, and I don't know that we should be putting people to death. But 36 states, plus the federal government and the military, do use the death penalty, and they say that it is constitutional. The overwhelming majority of states now provide for execution by lethal injection. Other methods of execution has been used in the United States. Some of you know the gas chamber the electric chair, hanging, and the firing squad. Only Utah uses the firing squad as far as I know. What about the history? Well, I'll just tell you a little history before we go on to other things. The historical basis and evolution of contemporary views on the death penalty play a role in understanding and interpreting the Constitution. The history of capital punishment, as you know, is a very long one, folks. The death penalty has been a form of punishment for centuries. For example, researchers have documented death penalty provisions in the Code of Hammurabi, 
the Old Testament of the Bible, and in Roman law. Both the crimes and the methods of execution, however, have changed dramatically over time. At various points in history, capital crimes have included many, offic- uh, many offenses other than murder, such as witchcraft, petty treason. That's, that's a, a, a crime they had in England. Petty treason is the killing of a husband by a wife. Oh, that's the death penalty for sure. Also, blasphemy in England was a hanging offense. Early... English common law included treason, murder, larceny, robbery, burglary, rape, arson, and some other crimes. Now, the death penalty in the United States was brought over to the colonies from England, and it then involved its own flavor. Although each colony devised its own set of capital crimes, typical crimes included murder, rape, and... uh religious-based crimes such as idolatry and witchcraft, and also, yes, blasphemy. Both hanging and firing squads were commonly used during the colonial period. All right, now, what is wrong with the death penalty? A lot of people are against it. Is it barbaric? I say it would. I don't think the state should be putting people to death. I think that Life in prison without the possibility of parole is a harsher penalty than death. Is the death penalty a deterrent to violent crimes? No. Statistics say that is not the case. Is the death, in, is the death penalty imposed fairly? Yes and no. Before 1977, it was very randomly used, but since 1977, the Supreme Court has come up with some rules to make imposition of the death penalty fairer, even if you don't like it. Now, how many people are on death row in the United States? Well, there are about, and I had some figures here, 2,868 people awaiting death. That is death row. In the state where I live, Florida, there are 396 people on death row. Has Birdsong ever been to death row? Yes, I have, and it was one of the saddest days of my life. It is just an unhappy place. It's in the Stark Prison in uh, Stark, Florida. And uh, the prisoners are locked up 23 hours a day. They get one hour out of their cell. If you have a death penalty sentence, well, it's really not a sentence. It's the death penalty. You have a right to have a color television set and a fan. No place else in the prison can people have in their individual cells fans or televisions. But since people on death row are locked up 23 hours a day, they get one hour of uh, exercise outside of their cell, they can have a TV, TV and a fan. It's a very sad place in Stark, Florida, where the death penalty is carried out. They have old Sparky, which is the <laughs> the electric chair, but now they use lethal injection more often than not. Well, at any rate, I want to get a guest on and talk more about the death penalty because in Florida there are some things going on, but we will come back and talk to you. Stay with us. I have more information for you, information you may not have known and may not have wanted to know, but I'm here to tell you about it. Stick with Leonard Birdsong Radio. 
It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong back with you on Leonard Birdsong Radio. You can probably hear my fax machine. That's my uh, research assistant sending me some news tidbits that she thinks that I should read on the air. And before I get to that, I want to tell you a little bit more about this death penalty thing that I'm talking about. We have in Florida, we have a death penalty. Is It is the state with the second most people on death row. California beats Florida. California has 741 people waiting to be put to death. Florida has 386. Texas has 254. Alabama, 194. Pennsylvania, 175. And North Carolina, 155. In Florida, they've just passed, the Florida Supreme Court has just come up with a new rule saying that uh, in death penalty cases, the jurors must be unanimous, that is 12 to 0, in order for the death penalty to be applied. For many years, it was just by a majority. It used to be that a simple majority of 7 to 5 jurors if seven out of five agreed for the death penalty, the judge could impose it. The Supreme Court says that that is unconstitutional, and now we're supposed to have 12 unanimous votes. Maybe it's hard to get. I won't go into a lot of it. I think the death penalty is barbaric, and I think it should be done away with. 
but I'm only one person. But it is fascinating. Up until about 19, no, up until about 2004, they were still hanging people in the English-speaking Caribbean. I wrote a couple of articles about this. Uh, in 1999, there was a double hanging in Nassau, Bahamas. Now, people don't think of the death penalty in Nassau, Bahamas, but I was stationed there a year. I was a American consul with the State Department there, and uh, there were no hangings when I was down there, but in 1999, they had a double hanging on the same day. It sounds barbaric. The next year, 2000, in Trinidad, they had nine hangings over two days. This was a gang, a drug gang that killed people and sold dope. It was called the Dole Chadi Gang. Now, it made a, a lot of uh, newsprint because I went down to Trinidad and I talked to a lot of people in the government there about hanging so many people at one time and whether this was a good thing. They thought it was. Trinidad is a two-island state, fairly small. They don't want killers around, so they get rid of them. More importantly, Trinidad was the only island of the 14 English-speaking Caribbean islands to have women on death row. And uh, I wrote about that. And uh, they now have stopped hangings. There hasn't been a hanging since about 2003 or 2004. I think that's really a good thing. Well, you know, this isn't so much a call-in show because many of you will listen to the show that was been pre-recorded, but you know, you can still get in touch with me. If you have comments about anything I say on this show or you want to say you don't like what you hear, why don't you email me? My email address is simple. It's lbirdsong22, lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. If you email me, I will talk about what your, e your email on the f next show. So L-B-I-R-D-S-O-N-G-22 at gmail.com. That's my email. You can email me. You can also go to my website, uh, leonardbirdsong.com. You can find out more about me. You can also see the books that I have written, and uh, you can buy them if you want to. But also, you can look at my blog. Some of the funny stories you hear on this program have been posted on my blog over the years. The blog is www.birdsongslaw.com. Now, before I go on to another topic here, let me just finish up with what I want to say about the death penalty. I just came across this information not too long ago. And uh, the evidence shows that only 30, pimp, 30 people were sentenced to death in the United States in 2016. That's the lowest number since the early 1970s and a sign that there is a decline in the use of the death penalty. I hope it declines to nothing. At any rate, the number is a sharp drop from the 49 death sentences in 2015, and just a fraction of the peak of 315 in 1996, according to the Death Penalty Information Center, which is a nonprofit organization that opposes capital punishment. Now, maybe that's more information than you wanted to know. 
but I was here to give it to you. Let me give you some of the news tidbits that my research assistant had sent me. Maybe you want to hear about this. Some of this is funny. Some of it's tragic. She sends me one. The headline says, Mr. Doubtfire. You remember there was a movie called Miss Doubtfire a long time ago starring Robin Williams? Well, Mr. Doubtfire, a New Jersey police officer rushed to help a homeowner whose house was on fire. But the man didn't believe him and slammed the door in the police officer's face. Corporal Frank Schomp then went inside and led the man out. Officials say the fire was likely sparked accidentally by a uh, by embers from a wood-burning stove. Sadly, the man's two dogs died in the blaze. That's a very sad story, very sad story. But don't you get the headline, Mr. Doubtfire? And there really was a fire. <laughs> All right, so that's a news tidbit. Let's see. what. A, oh, okay, folks, it's not that funny. It's not that funny. Here's another one she sent me. Another funny headline. Ears, your punishment, lady. E-A-R-S. E-A-R apostrophe. Ears, your punishment, lady. A Massachusetts woman who bit off a portion of a cop's ear during her arrest outside a bar was sentenced recently to four years in jail. Emma Wiley, 19, of Marblehead, Massachusetts, pleaded guilty to assault and battery on a police officer and ma'am. A lawyer said she has mental health problems and she feels sincere remorse. Patrol woman Jessica Rondinelli responded to reports of a fight outside of a Salem Massachusetts bar in August, according to the prosecutors, while Rodinelli, who had been on the force just a few weeks, was putting this Wiley in a cruiser. Wiley bit off a piece of the police officer's ear. Doctors were unable to reattach it. Sad story, I know. Sad story. They couldn't attach her or reattach her ear. So the headline, Ears Your Punishment, Lady. <laughs> How about that? Nice little tidbit here that my research assistant sent me. This uh, this comes from Michigan, and it says this is cycling. Not nope. This is recycling at its best. The University of Michigan has installed new toilets in an engineering school building that will funnel urine to a treatment center, turning it into fertilizer for the university's botanical gardens. How about that? <laughs> uh, here's recycling. All right, another tidbit, and we're going to have to take another pause for the cause. I like this one. An Illinois woman who turned 109 years old in January, January this year, 2017, says that the secret to her long life is bacon. Bacon has kept her healthy. She says she eats it every day. It's her favorite vice. She said she never smoked. She never drank. She was married to the same man for 43 years. But boy, did she eat bacon. How about that, huh? All right, then. Dave, why don't you take us out here? We'll be back with you with some more news on Leonard Birdsong Radio.
It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning law school guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. Now, back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong back with you. Happy to be here on TalkZone Radio. Glad you stayed with me. We have more to talk about. Uh, I didn't have a guest today uh, because the guest I wanted to come on to help me talk about the death penalty is in a trial and could not get out of it. We'll have her on hopefully down the roll, down the road. Right now, I want to talk a little bit about our new president. That's Donald Trump. I don't want to talk badly about him, but there are things in the news that maybe you need to know. Donald Trump said he has the biggest inauguration ever. Other people say it was not the biggest. The biggest was, I guess, uh, we're talking about the, the, the crowd that came to Washington, D.C. to see him. I think it was... Uh, Obama's 2008 win was the largest inauguration. Nope. I think that was the one, the most largest one in this century. I think it was Ronald Reagan's was the biggest inauguration back in the 1980s. But at any rate, there have been a lot of people protesting Donald Trump's inauguration. And the protests have been around the country and also around the world. I just found some statistics about um, about these, you might say, these uh, demonstrations. And the source is local media estimates. In Washington, D.C., it's uh, estimated that 500,000 people demonstrated against Donald Trump's inauguration. 
in Los Angeles, on the other side of the country, 750,000 people protested Donald Trump's inauguration. In the middle of the country, Chicago, there were 250,000 people who protested. And uh, in Phoenix, 20,000. In Miami, 10,000. But now we go overseas, and we find out that in Paris, over 3,000 people protested the inauguration of Trump. In Antarctica, and I can't believe this, in Antarctica, 30 people protested <laughs> Trump's inauguration. Antarctica? Melbourne, Australia, 5,000 people. And in London, there were 100,000 people that supposedly demonstrated against Trump's inauguration. Well, despite all those inaugurations he was sworn in, and he is our president, he's doing a number of things, he's moving really fast. Some people don't like what he's doing, some people do like what he's doing. Quinny, um, Quinny Piac University is in, I think, Rhode Island. They have a polling outfit that does polls. I just got some information from them. And the Quinny, Quinny EPAC University poll shows there's a huge partisan divide when it comes to how Democrats and Republicans view President Trump and his policies. Here are some of the findings. Listen closely. The question was asked, does the election of Donald Trump make you feel more safe, less safe, or just as safe as you did before? 74% of Republicans say they feel more safe, whereas only 3% of Democrats say they feel more safe. Next question in this Quinnipiac poll. Do you believe that three to five million non-citizens voted in the 2016 presidential election through widespread voter fraud? Fifty percent of Republicans agree that was the fact. Between three and five million non-citizens voted fraudulently. Eighty-two percent of Democrats disagree with that number. Next question. Do you think that there should be more government regulation of financial institutions, or do you think increased regulation hurts the economy? With respect to Republicans, 22% said voters say more regulation, whereas Democrats say 74% of Democrats say there should be more regulation. The Republicans don't want more reg regulation. Democrats do want more Another one here, which is very interesting. Do you think Donald Trump should defend all of America's NATO allies? 71% of Republicans think he should. 87% of Democrats think he should. You gotta think about these statistics. Next question. Do you support or oppose renegotiating major trade deals with other countries? even if it means paying more for the products you buy in the United States. 75% of Republicans back such a plan, whereas only 39% of Democrats say that would be a good idea. Finally, 
Do you support or do you oppose increasing federal spending for roads, bridges, mass transit, and other infrastructure? Well, 87% of Republicans support that, but listen to this. 94% of Democrats also support it. Well, that's close. However, things are really split. They really are. Not even three weeks into the new administration, the partisan divide covers everything from national security to Obamacare. Now, I don't want to get too much into this travel ban that he, that is, Trump came up with. It's in the courts now. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is is looking at it to see if it's constitutional or unconstitutional. Now, I know a bit about immigration law because, one, I was an immigration lawyer. Before that, I was an American consular officer in the State Department overseeing visa issuance and visa fraud. I now teach about immigration law and refugee law in my law school. Now, Trump came up with this ban of people from seven countries, Iran, Iraq, Yemen, and uh, Libya, and a few more. I don't have the list in front of me. But here is the section of the law that Trump says allows him to impose such a ban. It's Section 212F of the Immigration and Nationality Act. It's called Suspension of Entry or Imposition of Restraints by the President. That's the title of the section. It reads, Whenever the President finds that the entry of any aliens or class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interest of the United States, he may, by proclamation, and for such period of time, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants, non-immigrants, or impose on entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem appropriate. Now, that's the statute under which he feels that he can do this. The problem is, is that when he rolled out the ban, there was no notice given. It was done right away. It caused chaos at the airports, and several federal judges stayed the ban. That is, they say, you can't do it. So it was challenged. The Department of Justice got in and say you should overturn the stay. Many people demand that this is unconstitutional. Why? Well, because of the First Amendment. What does the First Amendment say? Well, Congress can make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So that's what critics say. This ban is a Muslim ban. Because the countries that are named are majority Muslim countries, but not all the Muslim countries in the world. I don't know exactly how the Ninth Circuit is going to come down on this. There is a lot of precedent on both sides. I won't even guess. What I do know is that the government, that is both Congress and the president, can take measures to keep certain people out of the country and to deport others who may already be in the country. But also, I know that president has a lot of power, but president can't do things that might be unconstitutional. And that's what this whole case revolves around. Is this really a ban on religion or abridging 
a certain religion which is violative of the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Well, let's stick with it. We'll see how it comes out. And once we get the decision, I'll certainly be here to talk about it on radio. We've talked about a number of things today. I hope that you are finding what you hear interesting. There's no fake news on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm happy to be here with you. We're going to take another little time out here, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to read you some words of wisdom that this fellow Dave, I'm sorry, not Dave, it's Bill Davidson, has sent me over the years. He is a fellow who is sort of a cheerleader and one who talks about leadership. So stick with us, folks. There's more on Talk Zone Radio with Leonard Birdsong. It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and consumer debt counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, this is Birdsong back with you. I'm Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I talked about the death penalty earlier. Then I talked about people who protested the inauguration of um, Donald Trump. My engineer, Dave, came up with some information for me. He says there is news that Mississippi wants to bring back firing squads as a method of execution. He also tells me that uh, Barack Obama had, what is it, 1.8 million people at his swearing-in. That seems to be the record on the mall. George Bush in 1989 had 300,000 people. In 1993, Bill Clinton had 800,000. That's his first election. George W. Bush had 300,000, and uh, that was his first time. So we have these. Ronald Reagan, back in 1985, had 140 tickets sold, but uh, the record cold moved the swearing in. As a matter of fact, I was living in Washington during that time because it's home, and uh, I was not certainly invited to the swearing in. It was a cold day, but I did go out and see some of the parade. Well, okay, thank you so much, Dave, for that information. I'm glad you helped me out there. I met a fellow by the name of Bill Davidson a couple of years ago on an airplane, and he's a spiritual guy, and he's a businessman. He sells uh, medical equipment, but he likes to send people he likes things about leadership 
and uh, words of wisdom. And so let me read a little bit of what he sent me recently. It says, Be responsible for your attitude. Our destinies in life will never be determined by our complaining spirits or high expectations. Life is full of surprises, and the adjustment of our attitudes is a lifelong project. Here it comes. The pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects the wind to change. The leader adjusts the sails. We choose what attitudes we have right now. Evaluate the past and determine what you learned from that instance and move on. Essentially, the success and happiness that your life holds is all up to you and how you view and react to situations. Do you spend more time complaining about the wind, waiting for it to change, or are you adjusting your sails appropriately? The greatest day in your life and mine is when we take total responsibility for our attitudes. That's the day we truly grow up. Are you adjusting your sails, folks? Trim those sails on your yachts. All right, a few more words of wisdom sent to me by Bill Davidson. And Bill, if you're out there, I hope you hear me. This first words of wisdom came from a book called Developing the Leader Within You. And this one comes from a book called Winning the People. It's entitled, Trust Me on This. If you boil relationships down to the most important element, it's always going to be to trust, not leadership, not value, partnership, or anything else. If you don't have trust, your relationships will always be in trouble. When two people trust each other completely, the relationship can grow to a level of friendship that is as rewarding as anything in life. It reaches the highest heights. Writer and chaplain to Queen Victoria, Charles Kingsley said, quote, A blessed thing it is for any man or woman to have a friend, one human soul who he can utterly trust, who knows the best and worst of us, and who loves us in spite of all our faults, end quote. Winning the people. Bill Davidson goes on to say, This week, work to develop a deeper trust with those around you. I think that's good advice. I hope you will take it. Now, again, I'm happy being here with you, but my time is coming to an end. But let us end on a humorous note. You know, I like to give you guys some riddles out there, and maybe you know what they are, or maybe you can answer them. But here's the first one. Why did the leopard wear a striped shirt? Do you know? Why did the leopard wear a striped shirt? The answer, you know, it didn't want to be spotted. <laughs> you like that peanut gallery? <laughs> oh, I thought that was, okay, it's not that funny. It's not that funny, folks. All right. Okay, the next one. Now, I'm sure you've heard this one. When is a door not a door? When is a door not a door? What's the answer? Think about it. It's not a door, ladies and gentlemen, when it's a jar. 
<laughs> you like that peanut gallery? <laughs> All right. I hope you're getting these. What is the best season to jump on a trampoline? What is the best season to jump on a trampoline, folks? Well, the answer is springtime. Why did the giraffe ask a turkey to join his band? Why did a turkey, no, why did a giraffe, rather, ask a turkey to join its band? It's because the turkey had its own drumsticks. <laughs> I like that one myself. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end up with this one. Why were the police called to the laundry? Why were the police called to the laundry? Think about it. Well, here's the answer. The police were called to the laundry because two clothespins held up a shirt. You like that, huh? <laughs> All right, you guys in the peanut gallery are getting a little punch drunk. It's about, okay, folks, okay, it's about time that I'm going to have to close the show. I'll be back with you next Thursday with more humor and information and more talk. You can email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. You ladies out there can call me Leonardo. That's my nickname. And uh, I will certainly, if you want to write me an email, I will be in touch with you. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you. All right, then. It's been great. I'll be with you next week. Dave, you can take me out. 